I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Brought to you by Credit, the most rewarding credit card bill payments app. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and my guest today. Big one, Siddharth Peta, MD and CEO, Free Charge. We're going to catch up with what's been happening at Free Charge all these years and what's ahead. But before that, let's take a short credit convenience break, and we'll be right back on the other side. And welcome back, Siddharth. Welcome to Besa Besa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. I've always wanted to have Free Charge on our show, so it's good to have you here. Thank you, Anupam. Uh, thank you for having me there. This is my first port- podcast, so please bear with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one, but great to come here and talk about what is happening with Recharge. You know what we've been doing over the period of time, and how do we see our future uh, in this space? And thanks for inviting me and giving us this chance. Yeah, really excited to to talk about that. Recharge was one of the oldest uh, startups. I think what back in twenty thirteen, if not earlier, two thousand ten. Whoa! We just celebrated ten years last year. So ah, amazing! And then you know, Pesa Pesa started in May 2017. Our podcast started in May 2017. I think that's round about the time when Free Charge got acquired by Axis Bank. Uh, round then, so you know, we've done 300 episodes from 2017 to 2021. Tell us what Free Charge been up to since then. Okay, thanks, Anupam. So yeah, you're right. Uh, so just sort of Free Charge is gone through 1.0, 2.0, and now we are in 3.0 of Free Charge. Uh, So recharge, as you know, started as a recharges platform, coupon-based recharges platform, evolved into a wallet business when Snapdeal bought it, and now when Axis Bank has bought it, Axis Bank bought it in October 17. You're right, exactly, almost closer to when Pesa Pesa started. So we're sort of in that sense, we are growing up again together. So uh, just to give you a background of what has happened post the Axis Bank purchases, the first year Anupam was largely around rebuilding the organization, stabilizing it. uh because obviously free charge had gone through its ups and downs uh, over the period and also some regulatory and compliance implementations that we had to do with this access bank purchase because it's a bank and now we are a 100% subsidiary of the bank but as we were doing it uh, what we saw is the payments space just exploded with upi coming in there was rapid growth and it became hyper competitive just sort of exploded and when we saw that what we realized is that in the long term uh, we need to evolve and the way we will have to evolve to generate value is actually invest in uh, becoming a financial services platform so what we did the first year was obviously just the rebuilding stage then we started sort of working with axis bank to rebuild ourselves as a financial services platform we reorganized so we reorganized ourselves completely and uh, what we did two parts so we split the organization into two parts one part continued to focus on optimizing our payments business payments had become hyper competitive so we had to optimize it the other part started investing in building the financial services platform in partnership with axis uh, yes it has taken us some time uh, to build this capabilities and the build the platform we've added a lot of products over the period of time but this year is the core year for recharge because you will see us launching a lot of products so it's the cusp of recharge 3.0 uh, now evolving into a financial services platform where payments will be there but will be part of financial services to that extent so that's how we have sort of spent our last four years over the last just to give you an example over the last two years we've launched a lot of tested a lot of financial services platform we have mutual funds digital gold credit cards fd and two wheeler loans home loans personal loans so we've done a Whole gamut of it, and just to sort of add to it, just recently we launched the first product of our reinvention, 
or uh, rebuilding, which is the buy now pay later. We launched it in yeah, April, yeah. which is just three months. Obviously, in the first phase, we launched buy now pay later. The core theme was that you know today, as the digital ecosystem is evolving rapidly, a very rapid space, payments is evolving. Mm. You need to provide customers seamless payment experiences. Yeah. And what buy now pay later does is gives you seamless with backed by credit. And it is suitable for small ticket transactions, which is what free charges, you know, recharges, I'm, bill payments are small ticket transactions. And we, we'll, I know, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll you know, cover go to later. each and because, you know, other than talking about the specific products itself, I also want your view on the industry landscape, right? Because I, it's not very often that I get 11 year old company that was really started on, you know, back then has a very interesting overview and very interesting product profile of the financial landscape. Okay. So there are two things that stood out to me in whatever you said so far. And I want to start from there when we talk about the products, okay? Fixed deposits. You actually said the word fixed deposit. Honestly, today's millennials don't care about fixed deposits. In fact, a lot of the narrative in social media today wants you to stay away from fixed deposits. Why did you, you know, no one really focuses on this segment. I'm, I find it interesting. To me, it's of course a very useful product, but I don't want to say anything Tell us about that, uh, Siddharth. Why fixed yeah. deposits? Why, why do you think it's okay. important? So I, I, I go to the background. I'm sorry again. When we decided to repivot, we said we would provide all financial services solutions on the platform. And see, free charge today attracts, because of its payments business, different kinds of customers who have different needs across the board. And uh, you have people who are, are sort of risk averse to people who are open to taking a lot of risk. And you know, sort of doing that. What we realized is that because you have all sets of people, you need to have all kinds of products. So that's why there's a mutual fund. Again, if you look at gold, uh, while it's not a very very risky product, but there is still a risk because it's market linked. And then you have FDs, which is purely not market linked. Fixed maturity, you know what you're going to get and there is no risk. It's also uh, that. So we thought that, you know, there is this segment of customers and today we do fixed deposits, small numbers, obviously, uh, as of now. But uh, if you look at the industry and in the last one year, the fixed deposits have really grown in the banking industry. So it's not as if that people are averse to it. It's it's a great way to save money. Yeah, it is it is counterintuitive because it's it doesn't fit with your inflation logic and post-tax doesn't get you that much folly. But you know what banks have done with fixed deposits is they've just sort of upped the value-added feature. So you know, a lot of people I don't know if no, you get ODs against fixed deposits. Mm. So you have a fixed deposit. So in emergencies, like what happened in COVID, if you need emergency funds, you don't need to break your mutual funds. You don't need to break your mutual uh, fixed deposit. You can just draw down money and actually cover for your emergencies. Yeah, I think that's a big utility that fixed deposits have sort of brought. Banks have sort of upgraded the fixed deposit proposition and the interest rates are nominal if you take a OD against fixed deposit. So it sort of works in all ways. That's the thought process we had saying that, you know, let's give this as a product. And our belief is it should be part of your product basket or your investment basket even if it's a small part, because it gives you a fixed value, you know what you're going to get in, at the end of the period. And it also has this utility of, if you are interested, of being able to take a OD and oh dear, grind yes. out. Yeah. And it's liquid. Yeah. I mean, it's like you just press yeah. a button and your money is just your bank account. I get what you're saying. Please go on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the reason why we sort of set fixed deposit. And, you know, after we did chill funds and goals, we said fixed deposits is the first product. Even... As we expand, Anupam, you will be surprised. We will also be launching a, a recurring deposit product. Ah, because we old school. still think, yeah, we still think there is a need. Uh, the advantage of a recurring deposit over a fixed deposit is it's like SIP. You can do like, yeah. like starting at 500 rupees a month. So you can start saving small in the long term. So that's 
our thought process. Okay, lovely. Let's get to the engine, right? The main original business, the original payments business of Richa. Tell us, tell us what's been, um, you know, how's that been doing? Um, I read an interview where you said that the merchant side of payments, okay, we were on the customer side. The merchant side is growing at some twenty percent month over month. So tell us both sides of that original payments business, customer side, what's happening, merchant side, what's happening. Yeah, great. Thanks, Alpha. So I'll start with the customer side. Um, so the customer side, as I said earlier, uh, almost three, two and a half, three years back, we said that, you know, the way this space is evolving is getting hyper competitive. You need to focus on optimizing this business. Uh, obviously, there is a lot of investment that goes on the consumer side of the business. So we sort of largely focused on optimizing and our core thought process was is let's get into engagement instead of the vertical growth. Let's look at horizontal growth, which is getting customers to do more transactions on the platform instead of getting more customers to do transactions. Those are the factors that there is a lot of cash investment that goes in, in the vertical growth. So that's been our focus. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, free charge over the last three years, from two transactions per user per month, we are now almost closer to three transactions per user per month. So we sort of expanded that space. Uh, we've added a lot of new categories so that customers can, you know, look at other ways uh, to invest. We've, uh, you know, there has been a lot of... Uh, also change in the ecosystem on payments, you know, with BBPS, you know, now there is a lot of payments which have come online, not there earlier. So that's what is the consumer side and the merchant side, which is the interesting part in which you brought out saying that 20% growth month on month. So merchant, we actually started investing almost one and a half or two years, just six odd months before COVID with the UPI QR and so on and so forth. And then COVID happened, uh, obviously unexpected. So we launched a remote payment solution, which is, you know, a payment link, a dynamic QR, you can send QRs, you can do all that. Interestingly, that has actually shown a significant growth. And the 20-20% growth that we talk about is largely coming from that space. Uh, we are largely focusing on the SMB space in the merchant business, uh, the small and medium enterprises uh, on the payment side. Whereas parallelly also, we are now providing solutions to the sort of the medium and large businesses. Uh, so we started with SMB. We continue to focus there, but we are also now providing solutions to medium and large businesses and or new age businesses like the startups that are coming up who need sort of payment solutions to that extent. And that is sort of fueling our growth uh, on the payment side. Payment side, yeah. Market. So last question before I go into a break here, Siddharth, um, where do you see this going? I mean, payments, I think it's still hyper-competitive maybe and it's evolving with so much of stuff happening on the technology side on the regulation side. So where do you see this business going at an industry level as well as what do you find exciting at free charge? So if you look at payments, Anupam, I think there is scope. There is tremendous scope in a country like India. So today, if I look at payments, my assumption is around 150, 200 million people at max would be doing digital payments. With the population that we have, I think this can easily double without you know much. So I think payments is going to grow in India. It's going to grow. The solutions required will be changed from as you go tier, from tier two to tier three, tier four. Your requirement in terms of products and solutions will change. But if you see interestingly what UPI has done, and you know if you see a lot of stuff that's happening, even in tier three, tier four, you find UPI QRs, people paying through UPI. The other thing is smartphone penetration, Anubam, is an internet penetration, which is one of the big reasons why digital is where digital is in India, and it will continue to grow. Is continuing to expand which means that payments will continue to expand in India. The digital ecosystem will continue to expand. And my belief is in the next sort of three to five years, this 200 million will easily become 400 million. Solutions, as I said, will evolve. There is, RBI is doing a lot of work from Sandbox perspective. They've just, I think last year approved two players to test offline payments 
uh, in a sandbox sense. So some of this innovation will come in because, uh, you know, obviously when you go down into tier three, tier four, tier five of India, uh, people know how to use a phone for calling, mm. but, you know, using an app and all is not easy. So as you make life easier for them, payments become easier for them and the payments ecosystem grows. So that's how I see payments. And if you look at the larger ecosystem, uh, Anupam, I think everybody is eventually sort of going to get into a payments-led financial services platform. Because, you know, while payments will get you the customers, the value can get generated by financial services. So, and we have seen many of them getting into that space and you will see many of us expanding our financial service capabilities. Yeah, yeah. I mean... So the entire financialization of, I mean, it's broadly called financialization of savings. To me, at least, it's probably one of the most exciting themes in India for the next, whatever, 10, 10 or 20 odd years. I mean, you're talking of a population of, even if you, you know, you take, leave alone the 135 and you see, you look at only 80 or 90, which is probably the working population or the ones that have a bank account or whatever, you know, whichever way you slice and dice. And I mean, you're saying that only 15, 15 to 20 crores have just entered in in the last few years. That itself is going to give a lot of room. So I love this topic. I said that, sorry, I'm getting carried away. I would love to talk more about this, but we're going to take, take we're going to take a small break out here. When you come back on the other side, folks, we're going to talk about how sitting within access has given a lot of strengths or, you know, how that, how that is worked out for free charge and also but a lot of their products, you know, neo banks, pay later, mutual funds, insurance, etc. The entire space. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My guest, Siddharth Mehta, MD and CEO, Free Charge. And on that note, time to take the credit convenience break. We'll be right back on the other side. And welcome back to this really special episode of Pesa Pesa. My guest, Siddharth Mehta, MD and CEO at Free Charge. Talking about every, you know, almost all segments that free charge is in, we spoke about fixed deposits and payments on the first part of this break. Let's get to the exciting stuff now, stuff that, you know, that probably is going to grow um, in the future. So, so that you're probably, you know, free charge is probably the only, I don't know whether to call it a startup now, the only entity or startup or whichever way you look at it that actually now sits within one of the largest banks in India. Okay. I have two questions for you. Okay, One is, till now, what, what benefits has that gotten you? And second, I want to then go to neobanks. You know? So, present and future. Tell us about that. Okay. So, uh, on the first part, uh, Anupam, it's sort of, initially it looks counterintuitive saying you're a fintech or a tech company sitting inside the bank. But when you look at Access Bank also, it's evolving. You know, there's a lot of technology work happening. So what what has happened with Free Charge and Access Bank is one, you know, we've been able to cross-panelize ourselves in terms of technology. So we are also helping Access Bank in some of the technology initiatives uh, as they build uh, on the long term. For example, uh, this whole Buy Now, Pay Later is launched on a technology platform, which is completely cloud-based. And we were part of the building process. Uh, Obviously, it's an access bank platform. Uh, It's powered by access bank. But this was one of the first end-to-end platforms which went on to the cloud with access. And we were part of the development process on that. So that now the other side is the advantage that access bank brings to free charge is one is stability. The other is trust. So while I'll talk the business pieces later, but the stability, the trust, the recognition, you know, being India's third largest private sector bank, having high trust uh, value and also processes and structures in place, which you typically need as you grow an organization in your initial stages, you might not need, but as you grow, you need processes, policy structures in place, which access helps build it. It's a large organization. It has everything in uh, there. So it's easier for us to learn and implement than to, you know, go out search for such things. 
on the business side you know typically for a fintech uh, if you want to get into financial services you need to first reach out to a bank or financial institution convince them to do business with you you know we've launched credit cards we've launched uh, fds we've launched we've launched buy now pay later in a typical sense i would have had to talk to 10 banks try to convince them they you know this is the right product we should do it um with access i didn't need to do that it, it was part of our strategy it was we were all aligned yes it has taken us time to build the capabilities that aside but we didn't need to go back and convince somebody saying that you know you need to do business with reachers there is a large opportunity that is what you know access helps us in because it's easier for us you know to launch products implement products test products you know as i said we have tested two wheeler loans home loans you know typically if i would have been going and reaching out to banks the first question would have seen okay first tell us you know how much business will you do then we will decide and then you yeah. can do tests because then you it's it's a very different story that's the advantage that access has brought us we uh-huh. have a co-branded credit card uh, we were so you know frankly in the tech space we were the first co-brand credit card uh, with access bank again it was a learning for them it was a learning for us right that way access has brought a lot of advantage to free charge okay now, before yeah. before yeah. i go into the neo banks part that i'm going to sneak in a question out okay yeah probably a tricky question i have no idea but startup bank culture totally apart okay you've told yes. us about the benefits that it has gotten in do you think that stuff like compliance bureaucracy hierarchy process is that what not probably gets in the way sometimes you think that that's uh, that's in- yes and no anupam so uh, let me put it in this way one of the things that access did, uh, did and i'm thankful to das is them is that we run this organization separately uh the overly only oversight we have from an access perspective is is the board overall so we run it as a separate organization yes compliances and all but the way i think of it and i've been in banking for years you know you see that you need to be you need to ensure that you're in the right side of compliances because you know things are evolving rbi is obviously you know evolving their digital agenda and there's a lot of positive thing that they're doing but it is an evolving scenario and you if you are on the right side of compliance when th- things change you don't need to reinvent your business you are already there yeah. that's the big advantage that this brings in yeah sometimes you know you start thinking saying that okay are you know why when others <laughs> can do this why can't i do this but in the long term i think it's an advantageous thing for us okay in the short term it looks like a little bit of a worry and a frustrating piece but i think in the long term i think and we we've seen that Okay. Okay. Got it. Neo banks. I mean, you know, I want to just set a context out here, man. On the one hand, we talk about payments being a great, you know, in India, and I've had a lot of guests on my show saying this. A lot of people, a lot of my friends also who are in this business, you know, some who even travel a lot come to the U from from the US, and they are just amazed at the technology in payments, and they say that India is the probably in large markets, it's the best in the world. Okay. I don't know what your view, Mipir. Whether you agree or not, at the same time you got glitches in banking. I, you know, it is frustrating. We know the news flow that's happened, the way that RBI has dealt with specific issues out here. Setting that context, new banks. Okay, is this going to be something good for customers? Because honestly, banking has hardly seen any disruption in India. So I, there is always going to be a difference between what's happening in India and what's happened in the Western world. If you compare it, and I'll start with the Western world. If you typically look at it. neo banks as we call them you know typically are financial product platforms the way i know them you know while you can put a good name to it the all of them started with a single product line somebody did prepaid cards somebody did remittances and so on and so forth and then they expanded the financial services ecosystem 
the advantage like PSG2 in UK allowed you to sort of create ecosystems, but eventually a lot of them at the back end are still backed by banking entities or possibly some of them because, you know, PSG2 is not giving you license to create a bank. It's it's more giving the, the sort of the railroads for you to do financial services on your platform with the directive. When I look at India, I think India is a very different world. In India, the platform for you to launch a new bank will always be provided by banks. Banks will be the core technology service providers, if you ask me in that sense, to you as a platform and you will be the customer interface. So you will work with banks to create products which are relevant to your customer and you will manage the customer interface and the engagement. At the back end, the technologies will all be provided by the bank. Yeah, I know there have been incidents and so on and so forth, but I think if you look at compared to most part of the world, Mm. I think the banking technology in India has also evolved very fast. You know, digital capabilities in India on the bank side are also great. You know, apps are great. Servicing is great. I'm not saying it's it's right there, Mm. but I think it has evolved faster. So the digital capabilities of bank and, you know, you can read and, you know, think what banks are doing today is really, for example, as I said, Access Bank, you know, to launch a full lending stack on cloud, Mm. the bank could take that call. It's evolved. So I think the banking ecosystem is evolving. They will be the providers of the railroads for the new banks and us as new banks will be the front end to the customer, you know, helping them sort of uh, open accounts, do stuff and also manage their relationships. So we will be the engagement layers, the way we look at, I look at it. Obviously, I'm assuming over the next few years, RBI will sort of uh, look at digital banking licenses also like some parts of Asia, it has happened. But that is few years down the line is my view. Okay. Now let's get into pay later. Okay. Now the way I see it and I've had like a lot of guests on pay later on, on my show, you know, from simple to statuan to capital flow, a lot of these uh, players. It what The one thing that comes out to me is that this has come up because of convenience, no OTP, no applying for a credit card. I have two questions for you. One is that does pay later actually pose a threat to credit cards because of user experience, user interface, whatever you call it. And what's the future of pay later in India? And if you can just add some numbers out here, book size and, you know, growth rates and how you see this evolving. Okay. So let's look at the first question that you raised, Anupam. So when I look at pay later, see pay later as a product was designed for medium to small ticket transactions, you know, uh, typically, because typically to do your 200 rupee transaction to, you know, plug in your card number expiry date OTP is a, is a cumbersome process. The way I look at PayLater is it is a product which is defined for the small ticket transaction ecosystem where you want to make those transactions seamless. And as we see the digital ecosystem evolving, these are transactions which are growing at a rapid pace. If you look at UPI also, and when you, if you talk to NPC, you'll see that the largest P2M business is all small ticket. You know, that's where UPI is. And that is why this whole UPI, so if you see UPI QR in the SMB space, the digitization of SMB is all because of UPI QR. And most of them are small ticket transactions. So that's where pay later is going to play. Now, the second point, see, credit card penetration in India is low. We all know that compared to the size of the country and the opportunity that is there. So pay later actually fits, fills in that gap to the extent. So I don't see that as a threat. I see it working in tandem because I still believe credit cards, people, the mindset of people for using credit card is for the medium to large ticket transactions. You know, obviously, some of them also use it for small ticket because of they feel it's convenient. But for largely, it, it is taken for those kind of transactions. And the small ticket transaction is what pay later will cover. And that is why if you see the pay later lines also, 
Anupam, they will be between 2,000 to 10,000 rupees. You know, that's mm. the typical spread. Or some guys are also starting from 500 rupees. So that's the spread. So it's it's typically for high frequency small ticket transactions is what pay later covers for. Okay. So I don't see that as a threat. I also see this as a way of you know getting people on pay later, seeing their behavior and upgrading them to credit cards because everybody has an aspiration to do the medium to large ticket transaction. So you you know you get the customer in with a small line, see his behavior, see his experience, and then sort of just upgrade him to credit card so that he can again do the last ticket transaction also with you. So that's how we are thinking about pay later. Okay. What I mean, where, where's the book size out here? I mean, just maybe if not for you, then how do you see the industry? I mean, are we talking of a couple of billion dollars, like maybe seven thousand to fourteen thousand crores, or are we talking of it larger? And what kind of NPA rates? you think are happening out? I mean, they should be minimal, I guess. But what's your guess? So Paylater has two kinds of products. One is the sort of the 30-day credit, 15-day, 30-day credit period, which is sort of works like a card. In that sense, you do multiple transactions, you pay at a certain period of time. The other is the EMI product, which is, you know, where you can sort of buy a phone at three-month EMI, four-month EMI, six-month EMI. The 30-day, 15-day product in terms of volume is pretty large. But obviously, there's no book size because you're expecting the guy to pay after 15 days or 30 days. So it's it's a rotation-based rotation. business. So it's, it's just a cash. As you look at cash flow, so you know you spend and then you you repay and then you spend and then you repay to that extent. The EMI business, you know, and obviously we have a large NBFC in India proven that it's a big model and it's evolving. Uh, I don't have the sort of the large business balance sheet numbers uh, yeah. to that extent. But the way I look at it is that the in India, uh, I think one of the needs that are coming up is, you know, how do you build affordability? Because there are aspirations. And I think the pay later is actually helping build that gap between the aspiration and the affordability. So there is a large opportunity. Again, thanks to credit card penetration being low, that opportunity multiplies uh, in the country. A uh, large base of customers who don't have credit access can actually start their journey through this. Very interesting. Let's wrap up on the meat, you know, where... I find where where at least I believe I'm sure probably you also have have a view on that is the penetration of savings and investment products into the large you know masses of India. You spoke of fifteen to twenty crore uh, in the first half of this episode. A, how do you see the size, the scope? B, what are you doing out there? Okay, so obviously while in the larger picture we see that there are a lot of players providing financial services banks are there uh, obviously there are enough with jandhan there were enough bank accounts opened and all but we still feel that the 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 complete financial services market which is you know savings investment insurance and lending is still underpenetrated in india so our view is that if you are able to provide it well on a platform with relevant products the opportunity is is huge and there will be a lot of players and as we know, you know, in the banking industry, also so many banks have survived and they continue to grow. I think all of us can continue to grow because of just the size of the market. And the market is just evolving. It's, you know, let's let's look at it this way that the last five to seven years were all about payments and to some extent consumer lending. Yeah. In the next five years, the consumer lending space is obviously going to explode. But SMB lending, nothing's happened if you see at scale over the last few years. But now I think with the India stack, the account aggregation, OKN. I think the SME lending space, which is the other space Arupam, we are looking at and we couldn't speak about it uh, to, sure, earlier, sure, yeah. is we think is going to explode. 
Oh, for the next 10 years. And there's going to be a lot of investing stuff that's happening. That is going to happen in that space. I just thought that there's a crying need for that, right? Because uh, I know personally of a lot of people who are in the SME space, space, sorry, people who have, you know, and I'm talking MSMEs. Let's not even go into SMEs, which probably have top lines of, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 crores, but MSMEs who are sub 10 crores. And I've, you know, I've had so many occasions to, where I hear that, Something like a working capital loan is at a crazy interest rate, you know, yeah. and that's always what I found ironical. Man, I get SMSs every day saying that I can get a loan of one lakh without any this, without any that, and and I don't even need it, right? It's just probably because I have a credit score of what maybe seven hundred plus or seven fifty plus. I'm in that, uh, you know, I'm getting captured by some algorithm somewhere. This guy who runs a business who depends on that ten, twelve, fifteen, eighteen percent. I mean. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, why so, do you think yeah, SMB so, is going to... Yeah, so I think two, three things, Anupam. Earlier, information was disorganized in the SMB space. And I'm talking small and micro. So while you're looking at below 10 crores, I'm saying even if you go further down, you know, a lot of these guys today take money from money lenders at crazy interest rates. 2% per month because, or something, if not more. Yeah, It could be worse than that also, as wow. we've heard. But yeah. uh, the thing is that in, information was not organized. You didn't have enough information to take the calls. So on the consumer side, information got built over a period of time. The SMB didn't. But now when I look at you know the things that are evolving, GST obviously gets a, a lot of information. Account aggregation, account aggregators coming up. Oken is getting built up uh, you know uh, as, as a platform. Suddenly, there will be explosion in terms of information that is available. And once you have information available, it is easier for you to take a call and underwrite. The small and micro. The other issue, Anupam, was that the small and micro needs are not like 5 lakh, 10 lakh, 15, 20 lakh loans. They're looking at 15,000, 20,000, you know, daily working capitals and so and so forth, which traditional channels could not deliver because of cost of delivery. With digital channels coming in, the cost of delivery can be brought down and you can actually build repeat usage. For example, simple example is, can you do a daily EMI? On traditional channels, you can't do it. But, you know, if if I do it, with his payments business link. So every day when he transacts, I I have to settle the money into his account. I can actually take a piece off of that amount and actually pay his EMI on a daily basis so that at the end of the month, he doesn't need to worry saying that, okay, I have to pay 5,000 rupees. Where will I get it? So it doesn't impact his working capital. It, it makes life easier for him. And I think that is where the this growth is going to happen. In the, in the in as I see in volumes, not in value terms, because the loan ticket size will be smaller. Okay. Volume terms. Another interesting thing, and obviously, sorry, getting a little. No, no, no. Go, 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 go. Take yeah, your time, please. Is is the ability for these guys to also invest hundred rupees every day? So what we realize when we spoke to a lot of merchants is they want they don't want to you know put ten thousand rupees in an FD, twenty thousand rupees in an FD. They want to put hundred rupees every day to save. Uh, if we are able to solve that. And I think RD is the right product in that sense, is my belief. If you can give them that 100 rupees every day, pull it out of their settlement and push it into an RD, that also helps them. So I think we need to go sash the whole, you know, the sachet world that FMCG created, which is you start with a sachet and then you upgrade the customer. I think what that's, that's going to happen in financial services uh, across the board, from savings to investments. Investments has happened, as you know, you can make, you know, investments are less than up to 100 rupees now on mutual funds. Yeah. Uh, digital gold, you can buy for one rupee gold. So investments, it's happened. I think lending also, this will happen. So when we look at it, our future is we will sort of be the platform where you can get these sashes. Mm. You take the sashes, you sort of use them. If you like them, then you upgrade yourselves. 
on the platform and eventually we are backed by a bank tomorrow you want something which is obviously very different the bank has the product the bank can offer it to you directly very interesting so final question for our listeners what can they look forward to as a customer as someone who's listening into this episode of paisa paisa what do you have to say to our listeners what are the two or three or four or five i don't know how many things that we can look forward to from free charge you know in in the next one let's say that a year later if i have you back on the show if i'm lucky enough to have you back on the show what would that look like going forward first i would be very happy to come a year thank later you, again thank and, you. and sort of uh, <laughs> you know put down on what we said this year and how much of we've done but what you will look so as i said from free charge what you will see in the next one year is this whole buy now pay later so currently we've launched this as i said uh, this 2000 to 5000 rupee ticket size product for our consumers uh, we will now expand this to an emi product in the in this year so you will also be able to do emis uh, once i have approved you for a limit you can also convert it to emi so the buy now pay later will get expanded you will have more ways to spend the buy now pay later you will see a new banking coming out of recharge from the consumer side uh, in another few months you will see and you know the advantage we will have and i keep repeating this i'm sorry is that we will have a we will be a platform where you we already have payments so you can make your bill payment recharges merchant payments uh, you will have a savings account which we will sort of bring in then you have you will have all investments mutual funds we have gold fd we will also add rd and you will have lending products so buy now pay later cards so we already have a card we have a small ticket personal loan product so you will have the whole gamut on the free charge platform to actually choose from similarly on the merchant side anupam uh, what you will see is we've just sort of recently launched a digital car account for individuals you will see the lending product coming up in the next few months and eventually a neo bank for merchants on the free charge platform so that's the agenda for the year that's what we sort of want to roll out and we are sort of in line with that as of now hopefully when we i if you invite me next year we i can come and say that we launched everything that we committed and that's a wrap on this episode of paisa paisa my guest siddharth mehta md and ceo of free charge hope to have him back after a year you know i just you know it's not very of, like i said it's not very often that you get a veteran on the show and we can talk about a lot of stuff at a industry level kind of a break from regular programming where we talk about concepts and how they work for our listeners this was more about you know one of the most exciting opportunities probably in the world and that's why you see a lot of startups and vcs coming and funding the startups in this space and that's the entire call it whatever you want fintech startup bfsi financialization of savings so thank you so much siddharth for doing this for our listeners thank you thank you anupam for having me here again thanks a lot and here's a cred privilege tip of the week read the terms and conditions of your credit card to know all the hidden charges fees and levies and interest rates and stuff make sure nothing unexpected hits you in that credit card statement listeners if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are ivm podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to me i am your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter thank you so much for listening to paisa paisa No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.